Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for human factors, psychology, and design. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first ever HFBS Presidential Town Hall. No matter where you're joining us, uh, whether it's live or watching or listening to this recording later, thank you all so much for being here. Uh, HFES has invited me to moderate today. My name is Nick Rome, and I host a weekly Human Factors podcast. I'm joined today by the president of HFES, Chris Reed, and by the president-elect, Carolyn Sumrick. We also have Steve and Caitlin uh, hanging out behind the scenes, helping out with everything. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Hello, hello. Thank Hi. you for having us, Nick. Thank you. This is awesome. And we got a great town hall for you all today. Uh, Chris and Carolyn has have a great presentation on the state of HFES to go through with you all. We're going to be addressing some of your questions, comments and concerns a little later. But first, we just want to level set with everyone on the format. So everyone is up to date. We're broadcasting this live uh, across many different platforms right now, across the Human Factors cast channels, as well as the official HFES channels. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. We're kind of doing it all. So uh, as we make our way through the conversation today, we ask that no matter where you're watching, drop your comments and questions in the chat or in the comment section, wherever it is. uh, And we may address them later uh, towards the end here. We'll see them all on our end. We're watching them come in live. And this is open to everyone. So members and non-members alike, you're welcome to type in with any questions you might have. Uh, One last note here. If you can't stick around for the entire town hall today, this event should be available to watch on all those platforms I mentioned right after this, right after we're done. So you can always watch it later. All right. I've gone on long enough. I'm going to pass it over to Chris to go through the State of the Union. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, And welcome, everyone. So... This is the first for HFES. We're actually kicking off with doing these quarterly town halls. Um, The idea behind that is to increase our our transparency and our due diligence as a technical society for human factors and ergonomics. So we welcome everyone here. Um, Obviously, Nick, thank you for being on hosting us. I do want to acknowledge Steve Kemp. Steve is our executive director for HFES. Thank you, Steve, for being on and doing your due diligence um, with staff for the executive council and the society. And then obviously we have Carolyn Summerick, who is my successor, our president-elect for HFES. And Carolyn and I will be interacting throughout this presentation, just telling you, hey, here are the stories from 2021. Here's what we're working on for 2022. These are just, you know, touching base with you guys so we can show you what's going on. All right, let's jump into it. So next slide, please. So here is the high-level agenda. Um, who are we? You know, for those who are not members of HFES or not familiar with human factors and ergonomics, we'll touch on that just lightly, and then talk about all the accomplishments, the big hitters that came out of 2021, and then talk about some of the stuff that's going into 2022. And we'd like to use at least 20 minutes to do some Q&A time, open discussion with anyone on the line who's interested in asking the executive council questions. Uh, Let's jump into the next slide, please. So HFES, what's the mission? Um, It's pretty general. We try to keep it simple. Uh, Essentially, you're looking at designing systems for people. Just put it plain and simple. Uh, When we're talking about systems, it could be anything, you know, from the computers that we're streaming through and working on to, you know, any kind of utensils that you use to really significant complex products like airplanes, ships, 
cars, all the way up to systems when we're talking about, you know, any kind of institutions, you know, when we're looking at education, law enforcement, when we're looking at things for dealing with public policy, these are all opportunities for us to interact with systems. So um, employment destinations is really interesting because it all ties into our origin points, right? We're all coming from different perspectives, whether we're coming from engineering or we're coming from the, the biology or the social sciences, you know, coming out of design. These are all these different intersection points where it's streaming in from, you know, different points in space, but we all intersect around this single purpose, which is designing something for people, designing systems and products for people. And that's really the, the gist of HFES. So if we can go to that next slide, please. I do want to acknowledge um, our foundations. So we started in 1957. The society is, you know, fairly old at the moment, we're in our 60s. Um, we have around 3,000 members and our members are broken up and diverse across uh, geographical planes. So from the United States all the way to different international countries, 24% of our body is, is primarily students. And then what we look at is we break those down into these different, I guess you can call them districts um, of, of HFES. So we have chapters that are local, that are regional, that are student-based. We have 67 of them, 46 of which are student-based chapters. We have 26 technical groups. And when I say technical groups, it might mean anything from generic safety or ergonomics, um, all the way to something specific, like our one of our newest uh, groups is HEART, so human artificial intelligence, robotics teaming, cybersecurity. You can look at things like aging and children. So these are all different aspects of human factors and ergonomics. We have 76 graduate schools, <clears throat> pretty uh, pretty enormous number there. Uh, and then we have 20 undergraduate schools. So what we're looking at are degrees and certificates that are offered across the US as well as in Canada. Uh, we tend to look at our intersection points with people, you know, our, our physical activities as our primary aspects of HFES. And we're trying to broaden that. That's the reason why we're, we're coming here today. Um, so annual meetings, any kind of technical standards, publications, advancing knowledge, you know, moving information around that's based around designing for people. And then we participate through different advocacy forms. So things like government advocacy, all the way to one of our newest forms that we just instituted this year, the industry advisory board, which I'll touch on later on. There are different ways that we interact with both the US society as well as international society. Next slide, please. So here is our executive council for those who are wondering who these famous few, you know, cloak and dagger people are. These are our folks on the executive council, uh, you know, from myself as, as current president to looking at uh, Peter, who is our past president, Peter Hancock, um, and then to Carolyn Summerick. When we look at our line for our treasurers, Ellen Bass is our current treasurer, Susan Katowski is our past, and then Aisha Gers is is our um, upcoming treasurer. The next slide, please. The other members of the executive council are at-large members. Um, what we're looking at here is Carolyn Kao, Barry Gottel, Paul Green, Rebecca Greer, Ranjana Mehta, and Deb Bohm Davis. So thank you guys for serving as at-large members. Next slide. This is our breakdown for what we call our org chart. It's pretty massive, isn't it? 
Um, what we're looking at right in the dead center in that big blue box is where the executive council sits. Those are made up of a bunch of committees that essentially report to the executive council, but then we have five divisions beyond that. So on the top right, we have Blake McGowan, who is our division chair for the outreach division. We have Barb Shapiro for education division. Coming down around, we have Samid Durrani, who's internal affairs division. Ron Michaela, who's our technical standards division chair. And then Bill Horry for scientific publications. So those five divisions help solidify the basis at which HFES not only interacts with the world, but operates within itself. Uh, and they're made up of a ton of different committees. And, you know, I mentioned committees. These are all opportunities by which if you're ever interested in getting involved with HFES, you can look at ways you can interact through jumping on committees and joining different technical groups. There are all different ways that you can interact. Next slide, please. And this one, I'm going to turn over to Carolyn to take it from here. Okay, thank you, Chris. Um, so a little bit about our um, membership. Uh, you've seen some emails from me or some messages to the communities um, asking for um, your information, uh, demographic information. So we're going to talk a little bit about that here. Uh, so these are our uh, first our membership numbers, and these are our different membership categories that we have displayed here. Um, you can see that we have a little bit of downward uh, trend, which is not the direction that we want to go. And, and that's one of the reasons that we're doing this town hall, uh, because we, um, we really want to um, do kind of everything that we can think of to um, improve member, member value, membership value. And that would mean enticing, you know, hopefully enticing more people to become members. Um, as you just saw from that org chart, we have lots of volunteer opportunities for people. Uh, and so uh, that's, uh, that's one of the benefits of, of joining is being able to get really fully engaged uh, in the society. Um, as you can see in the membership data, our biggest um, uh, 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 section or category of members are full members. Uh, and after that would be our student members. Uh, and then um, some of our folks are, of course, you know, aging out and retiring. Uh, and those would be our emeritus uh, members. And even though it looks like you've got some big drop offs here, that is sort of a, a technical uh, issue that uh, in terms of how are we counting uh, our members. And so th there's a little bit of a correction there. Uh, and, and so that's why it looks like we had a, a big drop off, but it was sort of how we were counting or not doing a good job of tracking our emeritus members. Um, we are, Tom uh, Albin is the head of our membership committee, and he's looking very closely at different membership categories and do all the membership categories that we have make sense uh, and how uh, might we change those to to make more sense, to attract um, people at different membership levels. Uh, so that's just kind of one activity we have going on related to, uh, to membership. Next slide, Steve. Thank you. So on this next slide here, um, we have added uh, several 
uh, categories of information into our membership database, which is something that you as a member uh, can fill in at any point in time. Uh, it's really helpful for us to know who our members are in terms of demographics so that we can understand, are, are we missing folks? Who, who is, who's not a member as well as who, who is a member? Um, this helps us, you know, we, we know that diverse teams are, are typically better at um, coming up with solutions to big problems. And that's a lot of what we do uh, in Human Factors. So we really want to attract um, and uh, maintain a diverse membership base. And so um, it helps to, to have that information coming into us. Um, next slide, Steve. So in addition to race and ethnicity, we also are tracking are asking people to, if they're again comfortable, providing information on disability and veteran status. Um, the several of these, so disability for one thing, um, we have new affinity group, which is um, specific to people with disabilities and chronic illness. So um, we are trying to uh, find ways of making members feel more comfortable uh, with, uh, with joining HVS, knowing that not only are they going to find people who share their um, technical interests through the technical groups, but also finding people who share um, maybe more of their life experience through our affinity groups. And so, um, so again, that's another reason to gather this data so that we can uh, let the affinity groups know, you know, hey, we've got some new members that um, you might be, uh, that that could be uh, benefiting from joining your, the one or another of the affinity groups. Steve, next slide. Right. And again, other information that we're collecting, so on LGBTQ uh, status, uh, and also, of course, um, uh, gender, which we've always been uh, tracking. And um, I should say for all of these, there are options for people to, as you can see here, um, reply with um, uh, not just standard categories for, for any of these. Um, and also there's always a prefer not to say too. So we, we're trying to um, give people plenty of options here if they're interested, if you're interested in providing this information. Um, I should also say that when we, when we look at this information, it's anonymous. So I'm, I'm never given a file that has anybody's name and all this information. Uh, so we, we only see it uh, in an anonymous format. So um, that may help people feel a little bit more comfortable about providing this information. Steve, next slide. Here we go. Back to Chris. All right. Thank you, Carolyn, for that. So what we're looking at now is a, a slew of accomplishments. So I feel like I'm about to fire hose everybody. So hang on. You know, it's it's going to be a lot. But in big picture, essentially what we're looking at are, you know, deliverables that are made for different purposes. 
Uh, so when we look at human factors and ergonomics and the things that we do, they tend to reside a lot on the product side, creating you know good user-friendly, ergonomically friendly products that make sense for the people that they're using or that are gonna be using it. Um, but beyond products, we have things that we do to help improve people themselves, you know, our members, um, processes, policies, as well as institutions. And so we'll touch on a few of those items as we go through this deck. Next slide, please. So programs and events. Uh, this one's a big one because this is where we do a lot of interfacing and socializing and learning about the latest and greatest that's happening out there um, in the different parts of our world. So back in the beginning of the year, we had the virtual human factors and ergonomics healthcare symposium. I was around 700 members. I was back in April. Then we had the 65th annual meeting, which was in October. And that was the first time we got together since the pandemic. Um, we were able to pull off a, a small event about half the size of our normal event. Um, and, you know, using uh, COVID policies and, and uh, looking at ways to improve the security and the safety of, of our folks, um, we were able to pull off both the in-person in Maryland, as well as the virtual event uh, that happened two weeks later. Um, so that was around a thousand um, participants. Then in right after that in November, we had the virtual ErgoX symposium and the ErgoX symposium was focused on three tracks being cybersecurity, exoskeletons, robotics. It's really focused in on the user-centered design of technology, um, of systems. Uh, and in this case, this year's theme was an overlapping theme on artificial intelligence and how artificial intelligence is influencing those three types of technologies. Beyond those three main events, we had webinars. So a lot of virtual opportunities there, six of which were, you know, we had invited presentations from BOCI, the National Academies of, of Science, Engineering and, and Medicine. They have a group called the Board of Human Systems Integration. BOCI came on and talked about exploring the changing nature of work. Then we had the physical and psychological impacts of racial injustice, Asian heritage stories. It was a fireside chat with one of our uh, interactive technical societies, diversity technical societies, um, with SACE, the Asian uh, Society of Asian Scientists and Engineers. Then we had what to know about service as an elected director or officer of HFES. Very important if you're looking to come on board uh, with leadership to the uh, executive council. And then the 19th annual user-centered product design award uh, was also presented. And next slide, please. Some of the other areas that come up are publications. So when we're looking at ways to interface with people and push that knowledge out that all of the amazing people are working on, we have our journals, we have our uh, proceedings that come out of the annual meeting, as well as the healthcare symposium. But then there's also other things. So we have joint white papers, for example, um, that were worked on or policy papers that were worked on. So this year we had a joint white paper with the American Industrial Hygiene Association on home healthcare aids. We had a white paper on assessing authentic diversity in the human factors in ergonomic society. A new book that's come out by Dr. Micah Ensley on situation awareness measurement. We had several policy statements, uh, one on reducing the use of deadly force for law enforcement energy and environment with another one, and then a third one on electric vehicle infrastructure, and then telework, very important nowadays. The other item that came out 
uh, was on the technical standards side of the house. So we had revisions on the ANSI, American National Standards Institute. Uh, we combined hands with ANSI on a number of these different standards. Uh, this one was the ANSI HFES 100, um, which was a revision on human factors engineering and computer workstations. Then we had our newest uh, HFES standard come out, HFES 400. Uh, that's on human readiness levels in the systems development process. This one's really important because it really gets into the dirty details of designing for anything, designing for products in general. Um, and so, you know, HRLs are here to be used universally, and it was really important that we got that one out. Participating in ASTM F48, that's a collaboration also externally with another technical society, in this case, another standards organization, standards body. This one's on exoskeleton standards, so committee F48. There were six human factors in ergonomics and safety standards that were created since 2020, four of which came out in 2021. So really populating some standards over there. And then we continue working with the International Standards Organization, ISO, uh, looking at ergonomics, guiding principles, anthropometry and biomechanics, ergonomics of human systems interaction, as well as ergonomics of the physical environment. Next slide, please. All right, government relations. I have to say the government relations really keeps me busy. I spend a lot of time reading what they do, which is highly impactful because a lot of the work that they do interconnects in the United States with Capitol Hill in Washington, DC. Uh, and so some of the stuff that's come out has been looking to influence government relations for imp uh, improving the safety and the usability of the product. So here are a couple of, of examples that have come out of 2021. Uh, with the Department of Transportation Automated Vehicles, there was a comprehensive plan there, a joint submission with the American Psychological Association. The National Security Commission on, on Artificial Intelligence final report includes human artificial intelligence teaming uh, as a key challenge on HFES inputs. There's endorsements that, that came in um, from HFES towards diversity, equity, and inclusion in the science, technology, engineering, and math legislation. Endorsements for occupational safety and health. Uh, this was a, a joint deal um, with the National Safety Council. Uh, that went to OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, known as NIOSH. Then there was input provided on proposed National Institutes of Health, healthcare-focused advanced research projects. So this one's called ARPA-H, and then there were several letters of support that are listed on there. So letters of support to NIOSH and OSHA, to STEM funding bills, to National Science Foundation, uh, to NIOSH and the Agency of Healthcare Research and Quality, um, and then a letter of support uh, for Dr. Missy Cummings to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, which was jointly um, proposed out there with the National Science, or excuse me, National Safety Council as well as Institute of Transportation Engineers and Vision Zero Network. So mouthful, I told you these guys are busy. Next slide, please. Carolyn? Thank you. Uh, so we're, we're busy on other fronts too. Um, remember that org chart, lot, lots of activities going on. Uh, so we are doing um, through uh, a committee called the Liaisons and Representatives Committee, um, we are we are developing um, bridging relationships with a number of organizations, uh, some of which are uh, 
technical organizations uh, such as uh, 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 standards making bodies, um, some of which are uh, uh, affinity based professional organizations. And so on the on the uh, right hand side of the slide, you see uh, a number of technical uh, organizations that we either have existing relationships with. Obviously, we're a part of IEA, which is the International Ergonomics Association, and that is a membership organization of human factors and ergonomics societies that join that rather than individual people. Um, BOCI, as, as Chris mentioned, um, Foundation for Professional Ergonomics uh, and AIHA are listed there. And then we have um, uh, standards making bodies, ASTM, ISSA, which is in uh, an organization in Germany. Uh, so it's not just in the US that we're creating these relationships, but they really are um, international as well. Uh, one of the um, positive outcomes from the ISA uh, uh, relationship was a presentation by uh, an ISA member at uh, the uh, Ergo, uh, ErgoX uh, just a few weeks ago. And um, I should say too that uh, we are looking at relationships with other organizations. And uh, today the uh, Executive Council of HBS just approved two uh, new ones. So um, the um, uh, 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 AES, which is the Applied Ergonomics uh, Society, uh, which is listed up here, and IPSS, which is an organization uh, that is uh, uh, specific to pediatric simulation. Uh, it's an international organization as well, uh, and uh, they contribute. They're uh, very much engaged in the healthcare symposium that HFES does uh, in typically each year. Uh, for our diversity uh, organizations, we have a formal MOU uh, with uh, uh, ACES, which is the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. Uh, some of our HFES members presented at their conference uh, in uh, September, their national conference. And we're able to talk with um, student members of that organization about uh, careers in, in human factors. So this is an example of how we are trying to um, really reach out and um, let more people know. We, you know, many of us tell kind of a very similar story where, you know, we just happened to find out about human factors and ergonomics at some point after we had gone through our our bachelor's degree and you know it was just a happenstance that we talked to the right person um, or we never would have known about this. So we're trying to be a lot more intentional uh, and reaching out to uh, students in uh, psych and STEM uh, areas to, uh, to let them know about this potential uh, area, very rewarding uh, area that they might um, consider uh, for, their, for their careers. Next slide, please, Steve. So I had mentioned um, affinity groups uh, earlier. So this is a close-up 
view of the internal affairs division from the that org chart that you saw earlier. So this is focusing in on the internal affairs. And so you can see our council of affinity groups. That includes our women's group, which has been going strong for a number of years now, uh, as well as some of our, uh, our newer uh, groups, which are the LGBTQ uh, affinity group, our BIPOC affinity group, and our newest, which is the uh, disabilities and chronic illness uh, affinity group. Next slide, please. And so this, um, this basically tells you a little bit more about those organizations. Um, each of those affinity groups, uh, there is, um, there's a chair for each of those groups and people are more than welcome to uh, contact the chairs of those groups to find out more about those affinity groups. If you're a member of HFES, you can um, go to the communities to find out more. Uh, and if you're not a member, um, we can certainly put you in touch so that you can learn more about these affinity groups. That might be um, a, a draw for some folks specifically to join HFES because we have uh, these affinity groups as well as our technical groups. Next slide, please. And so we have been doing um, quite a bit in the area of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, particularly, uh, I mean, over the years. So uh, it, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion is one of our strategic goals and has been for a number of years now. Um, and, uh, but I would say our, our activities have really increased substantially uh, as of, you know, uh, spring and summer of 2020. Um, we uh, drafted and approved and is now on the website a, uh, a statement of commitment to diversity, equity, inclusion, and an action plan, uh, which we um, have been uh, working on since then. These are some of the items that are related to that. Uh, in particular, uh, we have a couple of those uh, listed up here, one of which is the um, seed grants, uh, which we awarded for the first time uh, this past uh, sort of late in uh, late in summer, uh, these are um, uh, designed specifically to uh, encourage research uh, and activities at the intersection of human factors and anti-bias, anti-racism, and we awarded two of those. Uh, in 2021, and we have funding, uh, which the Executive Council has approved to um, uh, uh, to uh, make these awards again in um, 20, 2022. Uh, so that will be our second year. And you will see presentations from uh, these at our annual meeting. This is one of the, um, we'll say it's one of the obligations, but it's also, uh, a celebration of these that uh, the folks who receive these awards uh, make uh, fill us all in on what they learned or what they what they put into practice as a result of of the funding. Uh, I want to also note uh, the uh, recent change to 
pretty much the highest award that we have in HFES, which is the President Service Award. And that name of that award was changed just this year from the Arnold Small Award to the Arnold M. Small and Betty M. Sanders Award um, to, in recognition of Betty Sanders' sustained and very um, influential and significant contributions over the years. Uh, Betty, although she's listed here as the first African-American president of HFES, she has done that and, and held many uh, committee uh, 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 chairs over the years. I, I was privileged to follow her in uh, several of the committees that she had chaired, and she was always just a really wonderful mentor. Uh, and so was so pleased that we were able to um, recognize her in this way. Next slide. Back to Chris. Thank you, Carolyn. Yeah, Betty definitely has left a, a large impression on all of us, uh, and we love spending time with her when we can. So looking into the circle of life, as I like to call it, uh, essentially you're looking at the ecosystem of human factors and ergonomics, whether it's HFES or HFE in general. Uh, so on one side, you might have the academia, or academia side or academic side uh, producing knowledge, solutions, students, things like that. But then on this reciprocating side of the house, you have consulting government industry, both producing gaps, opportunities, um, as well as jobs, resources, access, and advocacy. So different areas that we can tap into. And the reason why this is important is because of the next slide. Next slide, please. It's the career center. So some of the things that we always look at is how well are we doing in terms of creating jobs, creating opportunity? How well is the ecosystem of life doing for students coming out of institutions um, where they're learning about human factors and ergonomics and getting certificates or degrees in that. So at the moment, you can see here, there's some jobs that are on the Career Center. Lots of times we also post in our internal communities pages um, with new opportunities, both on the academic side as well as in private or public institutions. Uh, but just wanted to touch on this. Don't forget, if you're interested in jobs, go take a look at the Career Center. If you're interested in posting jobs, please do so as well. Next slide, please. And then this other way to look at it is opportunities to interact with the society itself. So looking at volunteer opportunities here, in this case, looking at social media outreach, um, where this opportunity in particular is looking at ways that we can, you know, just like this town hall, do outreach uh, to the community as well as to society in general with what we're working on and some of the de deliverables that have come out of HVS. Next slide, please. So let's take it home here. The 2022 major horizontal, or excuse me, horizontal deliverables that are coming out. Um, if you were able to attend the annual meeting in Maryland, um, you did catch a glimpse of this. This is our new strategic roadmap, and it's full of a bunch of things that we're working on to improve the impact of the society in general to the US and the world, as well as to improve the, the value and the operationality of the institution itself inside of HFES. Uh, so you can see the major uh, items that we're working on are things from membership and programming, such as our events, 
advocacy, diversity, equity, and inclusion committees, as well as operations aspects. Next slide, please. Task forces are some of the things that the president, him or herself, get to institute. Um, it's a one-year opportunity to tackle some big problems. And in this case, these are the task forces that I've already activated or that have been activated prior to me and I continued. Um, so environment, sustainability, mental health, website task force, looking at ways to improve the website, make it more user-friendly, standards implementation. So how do we turn standards, not just generate, but turn them into uh, ways to populate them um, in normal things like journals or other forms of publication. So looking at ways to reference standards. Um, then there's the HFES awards audit. So we're looking at ways to improve the awards by either bringing in more awards, sunsetting ones that don't make sense, or updating the awards like what we saw with Betty Sanders. And then the code of ethics is looking at ways to improve um, the essentially the ethics of our members as well as our stakeholders, those that interact with the society. Next slide, please. New committee initiatives. So I did mention at the top the industrial advisory board. So this is a brand new board that's outwards facing. We're looking at basically bringing in 10 highly impactful um, individuals, uh, both nationally and internationally from uh, public or private institutions that will help us understand what are the needs and gaps that we need to attend to. Uh, so anything from research where HFE or human factors ergonomics could be added, support for professional development and career growth, and application of principles and practices. Uh, and these can be at high level, such as societal levels, or it can be very detailed, like knowledges, or excuse me, knowledge, skills, or tools that can be developed. Then there's also this other big hitter, that's public relations. Uh, we are going to be hiring a public relations firm to help us with media relations and public relations so that we can, again, extend our reach and our impact on the U.S. and the world. And so that will be coming in early 2022. Then we have event accessibility improvements on how we can make our physical activities more accessible, more inclusive to those who may be under physical or mental disabilities. And then the last one are the membership benefits. Now, this one is universal. Carolyn mentioned it. I mentioned it. We're looking at how we can improve value for the society. And we're doing that through a number of ways through the membership committee, which uh, Tom Albin is leading. But things from you know networking, best practice solutions, education, career growth, costs, these are all the things on the table um, that people love to say that they're interested in. How do we make it more uh, uh, applicable to those who are members of, of different areas, from students to emeritus to full professionals, all these different opportunities. Next slide, please. All right, so this is our last slide that I'll touch on. It's looking forward to 2022's events. So we have coming up in February, it's our newest program that's out there, the Titans program. Uh, this one is coming up on February 7th through 8th. It's going to be a virtual um, opportunity uh, and you get to hear from some of our, our major uh, impact uh, people from the present and the past um, who have influenced the world from HFES. Then there's the International Symposium on Human Factors and Ergonomics in Healthcare. That one is going to be in March. That one will be at the Hilton New Orleans Riverside Hotel in New Orleans. 
Then the annual meeting will be coming up, rounding out the fall. And so that will be October 14th. We did mention Atlanta. And in that same week, right at the back end of the annual meeting, we'll have the Ergo X, which will be changed formally to Ergo UX. Um, that one will, again, be in the same location. It's just going to be a day and a half, the bottom of that Friday of that week and the Saturday of the next day. So with that, Nick, I will turn it back over to you. Um, let's jump into Q&A. Yeah. That sounds great. Thank you so much for that presentation, everyone. It gave us some great insight into the state of the society. Uh, like you said, I think we'll now kind of go ahead and jump into some of the live questions. As a reminder, no matter where you're watching, you can drop your comments or questions in the chat section or the comment section. We'll see them on our end and then um, you know we'll, we'll kind of address them. So let us know what questions you have. Uh, I saw a few from the chat that I want to get to right away. This, this first one here is from Bailey. Bailey writes, are you looking to improve membership data? Have you considered surveying and interviewing to understand involvement? Yeah, Bailey, thank you for that question. That's an excellent one. It ties right into where I was closing out. You know, we are looking at ways to improve membership value from, you know, survey techniques to having uh, interviews with individuals and, and putting together different ways to collect information. You know, this town hall in and of itself is one of those methods to, to learn from you all um, what's really important. And so always interested in learning more. Some of the information we've learned so far has been broken down. I did see another question on there relative to, I guess, breakdown for professional versus student. You know, we're, we're taking all that information and looking at the, the demographics or the diversity of those answers. All right. Uh, so I, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Carolyn. Sorry. I was going to mention um, over the years, we have used a lot of different ways of soliciting information um, from members. So um, th this will date me a little bit, but uh, at one of our meetings, we had the My HVS Challenge, which was, I think, really super exciting. We, you know, people wrote, we literally had boards and people wrote on note cards and they stuck them up and they, you know, did little voting stars on it. And you could see people gathered around these boards and it was really, really fun. Beth Lickensdorfer was, um, was a, a lead on that effort. And I still look back at that Excel sheet to remind myself about things that people wrote on that. But even more um, currently, uh, the membership committee has been talking with different um, different categories, should we say, of, of individuals. So petitioners, academics, to, to understand more about their interests and needs um, related to HFES. And, um, and I know that uh, the staff has also done some work in this area as well. So, so you know, we, we have done surveys over the years. I think people are getting surveyed out. Um, so we don't always get really good response rates when we send out surveys. Um, so that's a, kind of a limitation of them. Doesn't mean that we should stop trying to gather information that way. But um, I think we do learn a lot from talking with people um, in the, you know, the interviews and focus groups. 
So I want to I want to jump in here with with a question that I had as we were going through the uh, presentation here. You know, one thing I'm really interested in as a public communicator of science and human factors concepts is kind of what efforts HFES is going to make uh, for the society to be more transparent and accessible, like these town halls. Is there a certain frequency we can kind of expect these events to happen at? Yeah. So sorry, Nick. I lost you for a second. Can you repeat that question again? Yeah, sure. So, so um, in terms of making uh, HFES making it more transparent and accessible, is there some sort of frequency that we can expect these town halls at, or um, is, what? Are, what is the what is HFES doing to be more transparent and accessible? Yeah, thank you for repeating that. Uh, so, the town halls are going to be quarterly. You know, under um, my term, it's going to take us out to Q3, essentially the bottom month of each quarter. Um, and then Carolyn would take it from there, as well as with her successor from Q4 2022. Again, these town halls are meant to be transparent. Here's what we've done for you. Here's what we're going to do for you. And then we just rinse and repeat that continuously. Um, and that's just continuous improvement and it's best. Um, but then the other areas that we look at for transparency, you know, we, we put together things like uh, the advocacy groups that look at affinity related um, concerns. So Carolyn mentioned the affinity groups. Those are ways to understand the needs of our different members and to rise that up into the executive council to do something about it. Um, we're also looking at uh, recently today in our executive council meeting, we talked about bringing in ombuds um, representatives, not only for our physical activities and our events, but also in general. Uh, so that we can have some representation that people might have something that they need to express. Um, so these are all different ways that we're continuously learning how to improve the, the transparency and the, the responsiveness of the society for its members. Excellent. All right. So we have another one here uh, from YouTube. Steve asks, what do our members say they value most from belonging to HFES? Does the value proposition change based on country, student versus professional, industry, etc.? It does. And um, that's a really pertinent question because I literally just got that in my email um, this week um, with some of the results from the surveys. And so, you know, a lot of people turn to the society looking at networking. That's like the number one, drop dead, number one, no matter what demographic, whether you're student, professional, academic, doesn't matter. Beyond the networking, career growth. So a lot of folks coming out of school want to know where they can get their job. Makes perfect sense. Going through your career, you're looking at opportunities to either change jobs or enrich the existing job that you're in. And that could be a number of different ways that you can do that. Education is another big one that's on there. So when we're looking at ways to transform information from basic knowledge to applied knowledge, a lot of folks want to see solutions. Um, and so that just defers those types of things that come out of that. Um, defer depending on whether you're on the student side or the academic side or the industry um, consulting uh, public institution side of the house. But it's usually going between those things. One of the other ones I forgot to mention was um, mentorship. Um, there's lots of ways to mentor and advise people throughout their careers. You mentioned the student side of the house. Let's let's get over to the student side of the house. Uh, Bochen wants to know: uh, are, are there any opportunities for student chapters? Carolyn, do you want to take this one? 
I guess I'm not entirely sure of what is meant by opportunities for student chapters. We have a number of student chapters. Um, and um, so there, so if you're interested in starting a student chapter, that we, we have a handbook and we have information uh, to let you know how to do that. Our student chapters um, do a variety of activities. And in fact, uh, we have awards for student chapters and also students that are based on um, not only what they do, but the variety of activities uh, that they do. So, so there is opportunity for students to be recognized uh, for their contributions to um, human factors and to the society. Uh, so um, I, I think it's a great way for students to, to get involved. Um, also, too, at the at the annual meeting, when if, if students are um, able to attend, and I realize that you know that that's that's you know there's funding and you know those sorts of constraints on that, but um, we have opportunities for students to volunteer uh, at the annual meeting, and that reduces their cost of attendance, which is an important thing. But the more important thing is how many people you get to meet when you're doing whatever job they assign to you uh, as a as a student uh, 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 worker kind of worker volunteer slash uh, at the annual meeting it's, it's i always found that to be um really a, a great thing when i was a student and i think our as you know i've become uh academic and now i send students or bring students with me i think they find that um you know very exciting to be able to meet people and make those connections which again goes back to the networking right yeah and i think you know to add to what carolyn's saying you know some of the other aspects that are outside of the annual meeting or the physical meetings um that students can work on are essentially things in the community you know, how are they enriching the, the student life on campus with regards to human factors and ergonomics uh, and their local um, impacts in the region? And so um, these are all things that can be accounted for. It's actually something that can turn into an award for an outstanding student chapter award uh, later on. Well, also mentioned, and Tom is mentioning here, Tom Albin's mentioning, student chapters have been and will be involved in better understanding of membership and especially how to utilize social media. Yes. That's a big one. It is a big one. And he mentions, he particularly calls out University of Toronto student group has been a leader in this work. Mm -hmm. Thank to you, Tom. Excellent comments. I, I have another question here. Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of rephrase it and we can kind of address everything together, but, you know, membership, um, was on the decline before COVID. And then when COVID hit membership dropped even more, uh, this one's a little tougher of a question. Is this something that is concerning to you? And do you feel that the roadmap that HFES has laid out is sufficient to recover and bolster the society's numbers? I'm combining this with another question here. What are your thoughts on the future direction of the society's growth and sustainability? Yeah, you know, going back to when I ran for president, one of the things that I had to think about was how do we make the society more impactful? So this is where I literally had to put on my, my practitioner's hat because my day job is essentially solving big problems. Um, and in the organization that I work for. So 
when we look at it from an operations standpoint, there's a lot of things that we can do to improve the capability of the society. And that roadmap is, a, is essentially a strategy broken down into tactics um, that you can take over time. And so we break that into the segments of time with you know things that we can do in the short term in the next six months, things that we can do over a year and things that will take two years. And that really puts it right in the window of a term of a presidency of three years. And so a lot of the stuff that we work on is to improve the extended outreach of the society. So when you're looking at things like um, hiring a public relations firm to talk about what we do and to spread the word and preach the word of human factors and ergonomics, that's one aspect. Bring in an advisory body to let us know what we're not working on is another way to do that. Looking at it from government outreach and the things that we're doing on Capitol Hill within the US to improve the circumstances of the people who are not only working, but people in general uh, for human factors and, and ergonomics relations. So these are all different ways that we, we can use tactics and over the long run, add that up into strategy that improves the impact on society as well as the value, inherent value on what we do within the society itself. So I'm really happy that many of the things that I ran on are actually being worked on. We're actually executing on that. And hopefully in the next year after my presidency, next two years, um, Carolyn would, would look like a really bright, shiny object and her successor as well. So continuous improvement. And Nick, to follow up on that, because you were asking, you know, are, are we concerned about drop in membership? And we absolutely are. That, that is just like that, that informs that, that shades everything that we do um you know many of us have been kind of members for life basically since we were students and we really view this as our professional home and that's really what we want it to be for all members we want people to feel comfortable feel good about hvs feel like it is worth um their their time and their money uh, to, to join it. And so we, we, you know, we do want to be open and transparent. We want to hear from people about what, what they like about it as well as, you know, our, you know, what's not going well. Um, and, and we try every day to fix stuff that, that isn't going well for people and try to, you know, grow the stuff that is going well. I'm going to ask a quick follow-up to that one. So has there been any thought uh, into putting effort into sort of recruiting from maybe some adjacent fields to human factors or under the human factors umbrella, right, of like UX and UX conferences are pretty popular and they have pretty large attendance. Is there any sort mm -hmm. of looking into what those conferences have done successfully and maybe adapting some of that for HFES? Yeah, totally agree. You know, when we broaden the tent, that's an opportunity to improve the inclusivity. Uh, and so one of the things that we're looking at that Carolyn's executing on is on the, the technical side of the house for outreach, looking at uh, memorandums of understanding, collaboration agreements. These are ways that we can reach out to UX-based um, organizations like uh, UXPA, for example. Um, other things that we're looking at are, are um, from our survey. So when we look at our membership community, when we broaden the, the inclusivity to include usability, user experience, you know, going on the physical side, anthropometry, 
maybe biomechanics, some of these other areas beyond just human factors and ergonomics, it gives us a sense of, hey, these are the concerns from these different groups, and these are how we can react to those concerns. Um, so those are all opportunities there. Another one to touch on for next year is, is ErgoX shifting to ErgoUX to bring in more of the, the UX community. So it's looking at user-centered design, user experience, and then how that can be built into the products, such as you know, uh, extended reality technologies, uh, exoskeletons, robotics, cybersecurity. This is just different ways, different tactics that we're taking for expansion. Well, I know we're at the hour. I, I want to make sure we have time to just address a couple more. I think everyone on on this call here uh, has just a little bit of time afterwards. So we'll we'll answer maybe a couple more questions and then wrap it up. Is that okay with everyone? Sure. All right. So I have uh, I have one here from Yuval who asks, uh, as an international organization, what can you do to schedule online events to be more inclusive to international members? Carolyn? Yeah, so we we were um, talking about this. I think it's really, uh, you know, it's it's a good question, um, and we were thinking that perhaps we could team up with um, some uh, ergonomics related organizations, say in um, uh, Asia, and plan some kind of a joint. Uh, webinar event where we would have timing, the timing would be appropriate for uh, folks physically on the other side of the planet from, from where we are. Um, we know we have uh, members in Malaysia and Indonesia. We know that we have members in Australia. And so, you know, this, this would be helpful uh, for them uh, as well. And uh, so I, we should do that. Yeah, we could essentially move one of these town halls into a, a higher or lower bracket of time. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see here. So I think uh, maybe we talk about priorities here. What about, um, or wait, there we go. This one's from uh, Robert. What What is the number one priority for HFES internally and the number one priority for HFES facing externally? You know, honestly, it's going back to that question that you asked about membership. Um, membership and value is number one internally. We want to enrich our internal community so that it's so synergistic that it shines outwards. And and so externally, number one priority is increasing the impact of HFES on the world, increasing impact of HFES on, on the United States um, where we're based. And so all of those, um, whatever it takes to improve value on the inside, and improve impact of human factors ergonomics, those are our priorities. All right, and then I have, uh, I have one last question here, and I think then we'll wrap it up. So in 2021, you mentioned that HFES kind of took a hybrid approach to the annual conference with both an in-person option and the virtual option. Can you talk generally about how that went uh, from the HFES perspective and maybe what some lessons learned were going into the future? Carolyn, I think you're best at, on answering this one. You're the members, uh, you're dealing with the meetings committee. One of the many com committees I'm on is the meetings committee, which yeah. uh, talks just, just about this and works really hard at addressing um, questions about the, the meeting. So um, 
I think there were some positives about the meeting two years ago versus the virtual format that we had this year. I, I think people would have liked to have had a little bit more interaction in the virtual component of it this year. Um, and so we are we are looking at what we will do for 2022. Um, we're already we've had a couple meetings already. The meetings committee has to uh, to talk about this. Um, and our outgoing chair uh, and our incoming chair both been involved with those discussions. Um, so. You know the 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 question is sort of what version of virtual that that's a big component to it. Like, you know, is it separate? Do you have an in-person meeting and then a week or two later you have a virtual, or do you have them going on at the same time? Um, it, there are you know benefits and challenges to to both of those, and so um, those are some of the things that that we're discussing right now. We I think we you know love to have more input from people as to what their preferences might be. Um, we did have an annual meeting survey uh, and we're looking at those results, but you know, that's only the people who went to the annual meeting this year who, who complete that. And so getting input from other folks who maybe didn't come this year, but would like to either attend virtually or in person in 2022, we, we'd love to hear your thoughts about what kind of a meeting you would like to have? What what mode um, you would you would like? So please, you know, we'd love to hear from you about this. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. I think, you know, if there are things that we didn't answer um, or that you would like more information on, um, definitely email HFES. So info at hfes.org, uh, org, as well as president singular. Uh, at hfes.org for any questions or thoughts. Uh, any other closing thoughts from either of you on this uh, HFES presidential town hall? I'll just touch on um, renewals are in the season. Um, yes, we have jingle bells and all the festivities happening, but so are uh, membership renewals for, <laughs> thanks, Nick, membership renewals for 2022. Uh, that stuff is coming up beginning of January, January 1st. So if you are interested in renewing or if you have questions, please feel free to reach out. One thing I'll mention this year that's new is our partners program. The partners program is a way to bring in members in a form of bulk membership. Um, so you can look at advantages to increasing your company, your organization's membership um, with, you know, while reducing head price um, per individual. So. These are all new ways to improve uh, accessibility for membership. Excellent. Well, that's it for today, everyone. We sincerely hope that you've enjoyed this town hall discussion today. If you like this, we invite you to join us next time for the next quarterly town hall. And uh, I want to thank Chris Reed and Carolyn Summerick and everyone on the HFES side of the house for putting this together. You can always find the latest from HFES at HFES.org. And we encourage you all to join the HFES LinkedIn group. Take a look at those HFES bulletins in your emails and stay up to date with all of the society news. As for me, I've been your moderator, Nick Rome. You can find me on Human Factors Cast, our weekly podcast, where we talk about the latest news from around the human factors world. You can also find me on social media at Nick underscore Rome. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this town hall. You know, 
Chris, Carolyn, on on uh, on the Human Factors cast, we love to end the regular show with "It depends" because that's kind of our de facto answer for everything. I'm gonna ask that we all do it here too. Uh, yeah, man. So <laughs> I'll count us down for three, and after one, we'll all say "It depends." So until next time, everyone, three, two, one. It depends. It depends. Human Factors Cast brings you the best in Human Factors news, interviews, conference coverage, and overall fun conversations into each and every episode we produce. But we can't do it without you. The Human Factors Cast Network is 100% listener supported. All the funds that go into running the show come from our listeners. Our patrons are our priority, and we want to ensure we're giving back to you for supporting us. Pledges start at just $1 per month and include rewards like access to our weekly Q&As with the hosts, personalized professional reviews, and Human Factors Minute, a Patreon-only weekly podcast where the hosts break down unique, obscure, and interesting Human Factors topics in just one minute. Patreon rewards are always evolving, so stop by patreon.com slash humanfactorscast to see what support level may be right for you. Thank you, and remember, it depends.